0: We are back with part two of Healthy or Hype. My name is Kate. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I just want to let you know that this is actually the second part of a two-part podcast episode. It doesn't matter if you listen to this episode first or not, because I'm just sharing a list of 10 foods that have something called the health halo effect. So if you aren't too type A and it's not going to bother you that I start counting from the middle of this list instead of number one, you can listen to this episode first and go back and listen to part one later. Or if you like things in a nice organized fashion, it might be helpful to listen to part one first. So you can go ahead and pause this and come back later. But just a little refresher, if you are new and this is your first time listening to the podcast, you haven't heard part one yet, or maybe it's been a week since you've listened. What is a health halo food or a food that has a health halo effect? This means that a specific food, food product or category is marketed or perceived to be way more beneficial than it actually is. Many companies on the label are going to put pictures of fruit or foods that most consumers associate with health. They also might make really bold claims that aren't necessarily false, but lead you to believe that this particular food item has a lot more benefits than it might actually have. For instance, you might see a food label say high protein or added probiotics with super grains, no artificial flavors. All of these things that lead you to think, "Ooh, this is a good choice." But you have to be smart. So my goal for this podcast is to share with you 10 common foods that a lot of my personal clients think are way healthier than they actually are and what to look for on a food label or with a specific food. Because a lot of the things I mentioned do have really great options and Some of them are going to be loaded with a bunch of other things that don't do anything beneficial for your body. So I'm going to teach you how to navigate the food label and pick and choose the best of each product. And then if there are better or equal alternatives, I'm going to share those with you as well. So like I said, you can go ahead and just listen through this podcast episode or pause and listen to part one. Either way, you are going to get a lengthy list and explanation of all of the top 10 health halo foods. right guys enjoy the fourth health halo i want to chat about today is energy bars yes every week there seems to be a new energy bar that clients are asking me about i cannot keep up it seems but for the sake of today i am going to focus solely on a few energy bars that i find to be most popular and not so much the protein bars there is a difference now if you want to hear an analysis of dietitian approved protein bars, Megan actually wrote a blog on our website outlining all the best and worst protein bars. It's cool. She ranked them like a grade, A through F. You can go to our website, nutritionawareness.com, and search our blog, but I will also link the direct post in the show notes. Back to energy bars. Unless you're really, really active and you're using an energy bar as a pre-workout source of carbohydrate, most people aren't going to get a lot of benefit from energy bars. Think about cliff Bars, Nature Valley Bars, Lara Bars, Luna Bars. Definitely not granola bars like Chewy. Guys, are people still eating these? Guys, these are, are not the most beneficial varieties, but especially not Chewy Bars. Those things need to be left back in the 90s. Let's talk about cliff Bars. Cliff bars are really tasty, and that's because they have over 20 grams of sugar. Uh, That's a lot for a small little treat or an energy bar, but if you think about the packaging, it's literally a guy climbing up a mountain. (laughs) That guy, he needs the fuel. So unless you, my sweet listener, are about to boulder a giant rock, hit up a long trail, or clock on at least 45 minutes of playtime in an intense soccer game, you do not need an energy bar like Cliff. Even as a meal, they lack protein. So if you're going to use them as a breakfast, at least make sure that you're pairing that with something more complete, like a glass of high protein milk or some low sugar jerky, even eggs. The Lara and Luna bars, on the other hand, tend to be lower in calories, but they lack protein. I haven't seen many of them in their traditional form with over three to four grams of protein. These are really good to eat before races. I know I would always eat a Lara bar before five Ks and 10 Ks. And I've noticed now that they do have, at least the Luna does, I think the Lara does too. Um, They do have some with more protein and those are gonna be a better choice if you're just sitting at your desk and you need a snack to hold you over for a couple hours there are better protein bars in my opinion and those are listed on our website on that blog post i mentioned now let's talk about those nature valley crunchy bars the ones where they always made all of the memes where it was like effing crumbs everywhere because as soon as you opened it it's like a mess on your lap (laughs) guys these can go in the trash (laughs) they are too crumbly and they have 10 grams of added sugar per package and only three grams of protein Why not just eat a mini Snickers bar? It's seriously going to be more satisfying, less messy, and the same nutrition, essentially. Even the Nature Valley brand now has a line called Packed Energy Bars variety. And man, if these aren't the health halo effect, they add nuts and dried fruit, but they still have 13 grams of added sugar. You don't need it and honestly i don't think your kids need these either if you're saying oh i have all these energy bars in my house because of my kids no i, I think if you're going to eat something healthier and more beneficial then your kids can increase their nutrition content from something else too here's what to look for if you are looking for an energy bar if you're in that cereal bar energy bar aisle first ask yourself when are you going to eat these? If it's before an activity, fine, right? I mean, if we're going to talk about your kids, if they're strictly for your kids and they're eating these before some kind of soccer practice and they love them, then yeah, like happily give it to them because their bodies need that fuel. But is it for you to pass the time at your nine to five job or to give you sustained energy or as a or a quick on the go breakfast? No, skip them. There's so much... Better that you can do that's just as convenient. Now, if you are buying them, I'd look for ones that have less than 5 grams of added sugar and over 10 grams of protein. The best protein bars, if you don't have time to check out our blog, that could also be considered an energy bar, would probably be the Oatmega. I think they're great, they're very convenient. The Kind Protein bars, there's a difference between regular Kind and Kind Protein. RX bars, and then I love the Think thin bars, so yummy, so good. A lot of them are gonna be higher in calories, but that's because they have more protein and are probably gonna do more for your body than a low calorie energy bar. The next health halo I wanna talk about are natural sweeteners like honey, agave, and pure maple syrup. I briefly touched on this when we talked about granola, but honey, agave, and pure maple syrups are still sugars, you guys. They will add calories just like coconut sugar, cane sugar, brown sugar, turbinado sugar. will. if you are trying to lose weight or lower your blood sugars or insulin resistance, your hemoglobin A1c, your waistline, don't think for even a second that swapping out your traditional sweeteners or sugars with a natural alternative is just going to solve all of your woes if it's not true. Now, here's what you will get if you use something like honey instead. It's a, a micro-dose of more nutri- nutrients. So if your sugar packet that you usually put in your tea scored a D on a nutrition test, your honey would get a D plus, Right? Not that much better. Honey has potassium, it has iron, it has zinc, but in trace amounts. Uh, in fact, less than 1% of the recommended daily intake. Now, honey does have some antioxidant properties, but I wonder if those properties would even make a difference if you're going crazy on the honey, adding a tablespoon to your first tea and a tablespoon to your second and then drizzling it on your yogurt that has granola that's also saturated in honey, right? I I really don't think that's the best place to get your antioxidants. Reminder, lots of foods have antioxidants. Agave, I would say is great if you're making a margarita, but otherwise I would really just skip agave in every other context, simply because the research points to no positive health benefits from agave. In fact, there are some studies that signal that they could potentially have negative ones because it has such a high concentration of fructose. Fructose is a type of sugar that is different than the sugar you're gonna find in your table sugar or dairy. It is the sugar that you find in fruit, but I will say, you don't have to worry about whole fruit. Your body is well equipped to handle small amounts of fructose found in fruit, and fruit has fiber and water. For reference, agave is 85% fructose. That's a lot. And then pure maple syrup also has fructose, uh, but it also has manganese and a good source of riboflavin. It even has calcium and thiamine, potassium and copper. I'll tell you this right off the bat, I am never worried about people's manganese, right? Manganese is found in so many different foods, whole grains, clams, oysters, nuts, legumes, leafy vegetables, even water, and spices like black pepper. And I'm not worried about people's riboflavin. That's in lots of lean meat, eggs, seafoods, and for plant-based eaters, beans, peas, lentils, nuts, seeds, and soy. And if someone really has concerns about their calcium or their potassium, I'm not gonna be like, ooh, add pure maple syrup. No, there are way better sources of all of those things. The best alternatives for sugar. Yeah, honey is gonna be a little bit better, but if you're worried about total sugar, you still need to be mindful of that 21 gram per day cap off from any source. I'm really not in favor of overconsumption of zero calorie Artificial sugars like aspartame or sucralose, I find even my weight loss clients who consume a lot of artificial sugars tend to experience a sweet tooth with vengeance later that seems uncontrollable. The studies support this evidence, I've noticed. Uh, There is some preliminary research showing that artificial sweeteners could actually increase cravings as well as waistline. I encourage people to first find natural sweetness from food. Again, I'll say fruit, vegetables, but even cinnamon can be a great way to even lower your blood sugars without adding extra calories. Small amounts of zero-calorie natural sweeteners, per the latest evidence, are safe. Think stevia monk fruit extract. But if you notice that eating foods or drinking drinks with stevia or monk fruit all day long triggers sugar cravings later, test taking these out of your diet for a week and see what happens. The next health halo we are talking about today is vegan meat. If you've ever attempted to improve your diet, we don't have to tell you that changing your eating habits is hard. Working with hundreds of clients one on one, the root problem is typically one of two things. First, you don't have a clear plan or direction to help you stick to your eating goals. Or two, You have no one holding you accountable to these goals for the long haul your solution to both of these issues is dap which stands for daily accountability program dap is a 30-day virtual coaching program where one of our registered dietitians at nutrition awareness not only helps you craft a personalized blueprint to reaching your goals but holds you accountable to that plan every single day During each 30-day cycle of DAP, we teach you how to plan and stick to your healthy lifestyle and or weight loss goals through personalized nutrition and daily accountability via video, audio, and text message. Nothing is automated. You're talking to a real-life dietitian who understands you, your lifestyle, struggles, and goals. If you're curious about DAP, we invite you to view our application which provides more information, as well as some of the testimonials from previous clients who have found tremendous success on DAP. The application can be found on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. Just scroll to the bottom and you'll see our application form. Again, that's orlandodietitian.com, dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. There are so many different meat alternatives out there, but just like with dairy-free milks and yogurts, not all vegan meats are protein equivalents. Products like the Impossible Burger are glorified, especially because they're slapped with the label of plant-based. Guys, that means nothing other than it's made from a substance that doesn't come from animal. Oreos are plant-based. Pringles are plant-based. Cocaine is plant-based, okay? Bear with my theatrics here. But you're picking up what I'm putting down. Plant-based does not automatically equal health. Plus, if you put a traditional Hardee's burger next to an Impossible Burger, it looks and sounds better to the average consumer just because everyone knows, ooh, fast food burgers are not nutrient powerhouses to say the least. So this plant-based option must be so much better. All right, well, fast food aside, really there's no reason you should be at Hardee's, whether it's for an Impossible Burger or for a traditional burger. Please don't do that to your arteries. But let's compare this Impossible Burger to your traditional three ounce traditional burger patty made of 85% beef. They are pretty similar in protein content, between 19 and 20 grams of protein and calories. The Impossible Burger has about 240 calories A 3-ounce 85% beef patty will have about 200. The Impossible Burger is fortified with B vitamins, but it's important to notice that animal meat is naturally high in B vitamins. The Impossible Burger is also higher in sodium when compared to a home-cooked beef burger if you're not adding in a bunch of seasonings that include salt. But here's what freaks me out about the Impossible Burger. And this is kind of my own bias. I can't hide it. It freaking bleeds. (laughs) And this is because they add something called soy leg hemoglobin. This is similar to heme iron, it's just extracted from the roots of soy plants. And then they insert it into a genetically engineered yeast, and then that ferments the yeast, and then the result is this byproduct that makes the burger taste remarkably similar to beef and it bleeds like a traditional patty would. So it's, it's totally safe to consume per the FDA, okay? So don't freak out if you're eating these. It's really just meat. And here's the thing that really turned me off is I did read one study showing that rats who were fed this soy leg hemoglobin compound, that key ingredient in the Impossible Burger, they developed unexplained changes in weight gain and liver toxicity. There's not a whole lot of studies at this time. I don't want to fear monger. I'm just saying like, uh, you know, just just be mindful that that's what's in the Impossible Burger. It's not just like vegetables. (laughs) So here's what to do. Now at first, if you are eating meat alternatives because of your diet, stick to ones that are minimally processed, knowing that they're all processed to some degree. There's a huge difference between being minimally processed and highly processed. Highly processed means they're going to be adding in a whole bunch of things and completely changing the shape, form, identity of a food. My favorite meat alternatives are going to be made from soy, tofu, and tempeh, simply because soy is extremely bioavailable, especially when compared to other plant proteins like wheat or pea or brown rice protein. When I say bioavailable, that just means the protein is better absorbed and used for what it's needing to do. Bean burgers are also a great choice. I would check the saturated fat content. My favorite brands are the Hodo Tofu Burgers. So good, you can find them in the frozen vegan section of your grocery store. If you go to Trader Joe's, they have a high protein burger that's made from plants in their freezer, amazing. I like the Gardein Crumbles, and I also like Sweet Earth Chicken Strips. That's not a complete list of vegan meat alternatives, because there's so many, but just a few you can find at most places. If you're not sure about your specific meat alternative, feel free to shoot us a direct message on our Instagram, at nutrition.awareness. The next health halo, I touched on it earlier, so I won't go too in depth, but dried fruit. You have to be careful with dried fruit for a few reasons. One, they add sugar to it, I know. Why would you add sugar to something sweet? I don't know, but dried fruit is often coated with more sugar. You also have to be careful because dried fruit is simply less filling. The water from real fruit fills you up. So a whole mango is going to feel a lot more satisfying than the equal weight dried mango. Same with craisins versus cranberries. Because of this, you are more likely to consume larger portions of that dried fruit than the whole fruit without feeling as full, which adds up the calories. So if you're trying to gain weight, awesome. Great way to do it. If you're trying to lose weight, eh. I will say I rarely see raisins with added sugar, but store-bought dried fruit like cherries, cranberries, mango, apricots, banana, apple, coconut that's a different story. You got to be mindful, so make sure you're checking that ingredients label for sugar. Really, ideally, the only ingredient should be the fruit. You can also buy your own dehydrator and go nuts without worrying about added sugar. In fact, a great idea for somebody who struggles with gaining weight. It's an easy way to pack in a lot of calories without feeling overly full. But if you're concerned about your weight, your blood sugars... Whatever, consider measuring out your portion before adding dried fruit to trail mixes or oats or cereals, or buying any of these foods that have dried fruit already in it. Alternatively, you can, you guessed it, use whole fruit. The next health halo. This one's my favorite, especially for any Gen Zs. Matcha. Yes, matcha is so trendy among these young people these days. Matcha lattes, matcha chai tea, they're having a moment So what is matcha? Matcha is a bright green ground powder of specially grown and processed green tea leaves. Matcha itself has a lot of health benefits. It's a really powerful antioxidant. It's loaded with polyphenols that are associated with the prevention of heart disease and other chronic conditions. But let's be real, it's not the tastiest substance on its own especially if your palate is used to highly sweetened coffees, teas, sodas, and so forth. This is why coffee shops are going to have green tea and matcha drinks that pack in the sugar. So that's the real health halo. It's not the matcha, it's the matcha drinks. For instance, a grande matcha latte at Starbucks with 2% milk has 32 grams of sugar. What? That is way more than your recommended daily intake just in one drink. Remember your RDI recommended daily intake, 21 grams of added sugar per day. You will have to inquire about the matcha lattes and teas at your local mom and pop coffee shops, but I can't imagine they're using that much less sugar. Here's what you need to do if you love your matcha tea lattes and you can't give them up. First, rethink Do you even like the matcha or do you like the sugar in the drink? I know it's really cool right now to drink matcha tea lattes, but there are so many foods that have health benefits. You don't have to drink plain matcha if you actually don't like it. And you really just like the sugar that comes with it. If you do, if you actually like the green powder, then yeah, go for it. Drink it unsweetened or with at least let's just go for 75% less sugar. If not, just switch to a new drink you like with less added sugar. I have a whole podcast episode about the healthiest drinks at Starbucks with ideas. It's episode 76, and no matter where you get your coffee or your matcha, you'll find it helpful. I will say I did find a bottled matcha oat latte drink from the brand Elmhurst that only has 5 grams of added sugar and 180 calories. This is a great alternative if you need to wean off. It is a bit pricey though, it was $3.95 for a 12 ounce bottle. I've never seen it in a store yet, and I've never tried it, so I can't speak to the taste. But if you do taste it, let me know. The last health halo I want to cover today are smoothies and juices. Sheesh, guys, these places, these smoothie and juice joints are popping up like weeds, and I like them, we just have to be careful consumers. Let's start with juice. First of all, whenever we juice a fruit or vegetable, we are literally removing and extracting all of the fiber. So you're usually just paying a lot of money to drink the juice of produce, and therefore it's the concentrated sugar without the fiber that actually keeps you fuller for longer. So I'd rather you eat your celery, your green apple, and your kale in a salad where you actually can chew it and then pair it with something that has protein and healthy fat. Rather than just drink it really quickly and feel no difference in satiety. Yes, with juice, you're going to get more nutrition with a soda. The no one's arguing that. But you're not getting any satiety, okay? You're just drinking extra calories. Those pre-bottled varieties, such as the Naked brand, also tend to have juice and or sugar added. Why? Because it tastes damn good when they add more sugar. That's why people keep buying it, okay? Save your money. If you have trouble getting in fruits and veggies, I get this a lot from clients, and that's why they wanna juice. I don't necessarily recommend juices. In that case, smoothies or smoothie bowls could be a better option if you're smart. But like juices, you have to watch the ingredients. Smoothie places like Smoothie King or Planet Smoothie or even the Acai Bowl places, they have really good low sugar alternatives but drinking a huge cup of blended fruit and fruit juice is rarely a good idea outside the goal of weight gain or pre-workout fuel. Some of these even have frozen yogurt added. Guys, that's a dessert. The small 16 ounce twig and berries smoothie at Planet Smoothie, which is just bananas, berries, and frozen yogurt, has 35 grams of sugar and only four measly grams of protein. The largest cup that was 44 ounces had 95 grams of sugar. Yes, I know some of that's from fruit, but not all of it, guys. That's insane. Here's what you need to do you need to build your smoothie around the protein. It needs to have Greek yogurt, a protein powder, or a protein rich milk like cow's or soy milk. If you're using a non fat milk or yogurt or protein powder, then you need to add healthy fats in from another source avocado, nut butter, nuts, chia seeds, hemp seeds, ground flax, unsweetened coconut, MCT oil, all really good options to keep you fuller for longer. Then make sure you skip any juices or added sugars like turbinado or coconut sugar and sweeten your drink with actual fruits and veggies. Your portions are going to depend on your goals. And if you are a dietitian's wet dream, you can add micronutrients from greens, spinach, kale, go nuts. All right, guys, those are 10 foods that have health halos that appear to be healthier than they are. I hope you found this information helpful. If you found it helpful, entertaining, if you learned something, we ask that you share it with a friend or even better, share it on your social media. It makes us so excited to see when you guys screenshot an episode and tag us on your Instagram stories with your comments. If you guys have requests for certain topics or you'd love to give us feedback, we'd love to hear that. You can send us a message on Instagram at nutrition.awareness. I'll make sure I link that in the show notes for you. And as always, if you really want to work one-on-one with a dietitian and you've been thinking about it and it's been a little download in your head for a while, I encourage you to reach out to Megan and I. You can read more about how working with a dietitian can help you on our website, orlandodietitian.com. We take in-person and virtual clients and we'd love to help you accelerate your entire journey and get to your goals faster faster and smarter using good personalized nutrition. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Make sure you subscribe for the next episode, and I'll catch you then.